You're listening to CLNS Media, powered by BetOnline.ag. Go to clnsmedia.com slash roll. Use our promo code CLNS50 for 50% off your first deposit. It's Celtics coverage on clnsradio.com. Right now and share your thoughts toll free three four seven two one five seven 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 one. Hello and welcome to another episode of the CLNS Media Celtics Post Game Show. I'm Taylor McCott. I'll be here for the next about an hour talking to my co-host Jack Michael about that one sixteen one zero three Celtics loss to the Detroit Pistons, but. Before I get too far into anything, this is my first time working with Jack this season. It's been about a year since I talked to him. Jack, what's going on, man? Nothing much, you know, just, you know, out in the real world now. So enjoying myself. Not really, but <laughs> it's been Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm in the position you were in last year. I'm about to just started my last semester of college, about to, about to graduate now. Now, like you just said, you're out in the real world. Well, glad to hear you're doing well. Celtics tonight, not so hot. Once again, they lose 116-103. I thought tonight was a case of not necessarily the Celtics overlooking uh, a mid-level team uh, in preparation for the Milwaukee Bucks tomorrow night. Jason Tatum sat out tonight with a sore right knee, his first missed game of the season. We'll get into, you know, where his, his absence was felt the most on the floor. We'll get into some other stuff about JT. I just really thought tonight, Jack, that it, it was a game where the Celtics, they may have overlooked them a little bit, but if you look at how they played in the, the first and second quarter, second quarter especially, I don't think they I don't think they were overlooking, overlooking the Pistons. I think they came ready to play. I think they played well through the first two quarters and, and once they really started to get a roll and halftime happened, the, the Pistons came out in that in that third quarter and really just just beat them down. They beat them thirty four twenty three in the third quarter. And from there on out it was just it was all Pistons in the second half. Uh they had a bunch of guys going tonight. Um, what do you see? What do you see tonight? Why? Why do you think the Celtics lost the game? What was the thing that stood out to you the most? You know, over everything else. I mean, the easy, the easy answer, I guess, is is the piston shooting. Like they shot over sixty percent from the field for the game, which I think I forget if it was Mike Riscal on the broadcast said that was the first time that happened in TD Garden since like two thousand six. Um, so that is the easy answer, but you know, going past that and getting to the reason why it is the easy answer. I mean, obviously you said that the Celtics are missing Jason Tatum, who, you know, arguably the best defender on the Celtics, you know, both on ball and, you know, off ball team defender, um, arguably a potential all defense team candidate. So, you know, whenever you, whenever you're missing a guy like that, you know, it changes the, it changes how the scheme of the defense is and it changes how you're going to have to attack the other team defensively. Um, I mean, the things that I saw tonight that that just kind of bothered me a lot. There was a lot of box switches. Um, I mean, the the Pistons were hitting the shots, which you know I give them a lot of credit for. But there were just some things like, like you know, semi. I, the one that stuck out to me the most was uh, Semi Ojale got got lost on a switch. He got a, a back pick set on him by Andre Drummond. I think this happened in the third quarter or whenever Semi played, um, which forced. Ennis Cantor onto Markeith Morris, and then Markeith Morris just proceeded to kind of just break Ennis Cantor down off the dribble easily. Th- that was one that, that to me, I was like, okay, that's, that can't happen, you know? So, 
I don't know. I mean, it was it, it was frustrating from that standpoint where the Pistons were just hitting a ton of shots. I mean, in the first quarter, they barely missed. Derrick Rose went like 11 to 13 from the field um, for the game or something along those lines. So it, it was just kind of one of those annoying games, I guess. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's a good way to put it. And, and like you said, it, it was mostly because of the Pistons shooting. They shot, they shot 60.3% from the field, 37.5% from three. And if you look at the other numbers, especially uh, the Celtics out-rebounded the Pistons by 10. And when you're playing against a team with Andre Drummond, you don't normally expect that. But, I mean, l- like I said, the first half, I thought the Celtics, you know, coming off two wins against similar teams. I mean, they have similar records uh, in, in New Orleans and Chicago. I thought tonight would be just another, you know, another notch in the belt, another another mid-level team that they put away. And after a half, I really believe that. But if if you look at the Pistons, I mean, they had a they had a couple handful of guys who played really well tonight. I mean, Dumbuya scores twenty four points. Fima Kailu puts up twenty one. Hits a hits a half court buzzer beater right before right before halftime. And then, like, I don't like to give him a ton of credit because I I don't you know think he's a great person. But Derrick Rose played really well tonight. Shot extremely well. You know, did everything everything he was supposed to. Uh, I mean, Scout was talking about how he's lost a step athletically. But you can tell that he still has such a such a high basketball. He has such a feel for the game, and he's able to find soft spots and really, really get his shots off from from a bunch of different places on the floor. And in, in, in the ball go, went in tonight, so I think the Pistons just played played their game better than than the Celtics expected them to, and the Celtics just didn't didn't show up the way they were supposed to. Uh, I mean, we could we could start this a bunch of different ways. Um, you think that do you think the Tatum the Tatum part is more important or do you think that you know Kemba Walker having having a slow night when when you'd expect him to really step up those were the two things on at least on the offensive end there was a lineup at one point tonight that didn't have Kemba or Hayward and obviously Tatum's out and and there was some you know disjointedness because of that lack of a predominant ball handler Kemba has a slow game you know he scores 19 points but he shoots 7 of 19 some of those came, you know, later on in the fourth quarter. Those two things really stood out to me on offense. Do you think that – did you expect Kemba to step up more, or would you have liked to see more from him tonight? I mean, it just kind of seemed like an off game for him, really. Like, yeah. he, he just he just kind of didn't have it. Um, I mean, obviously, yeah, I would, like, I would have liked for him to have uh, <laughs> stepped up a little bit more than he did. But, you know, there's not much we could do at this point. Um he was getting like the shots were there, you know, it was open threes. He had some layups, right. He missed a couple free throws, I think, but it was just one of those nights for him. And I mean, the game ends up still being, you know, close ish. Like it wasn't like it was a barn burner, but like, you know, having him produced at even a, at even a semi-normal level would have been uh, definitely, definitely beneficial to the outcome of the game. Yeah, I, like, I think that's a good point. And I wasn't trying to make it sound like, you know, he went out there and laid an egg. Obviously, he scores 19 points. That's, you know, a, de- a decent night for Kemba Walker. I just think that when when, when Jalen and Jason and Hayward are doing their thing, sometimes Kemba plays like a – it's almost like an older brother role where he just does exactly what he's supposed to, fills in where he's supposed to. And Hayward also plays that, you know, to an extent. Obviously, he played well tonight. And later on, you know, when I when I get over the Celtics losing to the Pistons in such an ugly fashion, I'm a little more optimistic. I do want to talk about Hayward because I thought he played really well tonight, but uh, yeah, it was just, there was something missing and and you could feel it on both ends of the floor. And I've been very high on Jason Tatum. Obviously haven't worked with you yet this year, but I've been extremely high on Jason Tatum in this show. 
um, on offense and defense, averaging similar numbers to Jalen Brown on offense, but has a better defensive rating. The best defensive rating on the Celtics, like you said, probably the best on-ball, off-ball defender in the Celtics defense. You know, we can talk about it both ways on offense and defense, and I yeah, assume we will. Where do you think they missed him most tonight? Obviously, it's easy to say defense, but I do think there were some times on offense where they just missed miss that, that presence of a guy who can score from so many different places. And, and even though he gets out of, out of control sometimes, there's a common presence when he has the ball. At least, you, you, know, you, know, you believe he's going to make the right play a lot this year. Do you think they missed Jason Tatum more on offense or defense tonight? All right, technical difficulties. We're back. Jack, you got me? Yeah, sorry about that. I was, uh, like you said, technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah, we're all good. So, you know, just going back, where do you think the Celtics missed Tatum the most tonight? Because it was clear that there, there was a presence missing on both ends, and it's easy to point to him because he was out. Like I said, I've been very high on him. I think, I think he matters a whole lot to this team, whether or not Twitter wants to, to give him the credit this year or not. But what side of the ball do you think they missed him most on tonight? I mean, yeah, like you said, it is kind of easy to say, you know, he was he was missed the most on on defense, but there is something to be said definitely for for having him out there on offense. Um, you know, having a player out it does screw with the rotations. It makes it so that people are playing minutes and in lineups that they're not used to. Um, you know, I don't, I'm sure Brad Stevens didn't intend to have Semi Ojale playing for, you know, X amount of minutes in the third quarter of the game if Jason Tatum was, you know, available. So. You know, having the guy that one can kind of just go get a bucket a lot of the time, you know, as much as we do kind of rag on his decision-making sometimes, um, you know, he is a guy that can kind of just get a bucket. But, <laughs> um, you know, the, the Pistons shot the way they shot. Um, and, you know, even though I said before, like, yeah, having Jason Tatum out there would help the, the Celtics on defense, you know, if the Pistons shot the way they shot, you know, the only the only way to win the game is, you know, score more points than, than the other team. So, if if the, if that's how the Pistons were always going to shoot, then the argument can be made that that you know they needed him more on offense than on defense. Yeah, and I mean and it, I wasn't it's on, good. To, wasn't on mute this time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it's good to hear that. It seems at least you know you get caught up in in a lot of response you see on the internet to to these losses, 
And and based on some of the tweets I was seeing, you know, some people seem to be very upset with a game like tonight. You know, just based on these first, you know, handful of minutes talking, it doesn't seem like you're too, you know, the end of the world about this loss. I'm not either. Um, is it just a? Is it just one of those games? Obviously, it, it's tough because they lost three last week. They win two over the weekend, or two, one on the weekend, one earlier this week, and then you have this one before a big game. Where are you putting this loss in the context of things, and, and how are you feeling? Because it, it, I'm not super concerned. It, it's a it's a tough schedule game, and, and Jason Tatum sits. It seems like you know in in preparation for tomorrow night. I'm not too concerned about this one. Are you? Absolutely not. No. I mean, you know, especially after uh, a certain team last year did what it did. Um, <laughs> I'm definitely not concerned about about a, a bad loss. You know, one bad loss in, in the span of a couple weeks. You know, obviously they did lose a couple games. You know, kind of recently, but I, you know, last team last year's team. As much as I denied it last year, you know, they they kind of broke my brain a little bit. So. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's definitely just good to hear. Sometimes it's easy to, like I just said, it's easy to get caught up in a lot of these, these reactions to these kind of games, especially, I, I mean, you're just working with a fan base that's so used to, to winning all the time in some other sports. And, like, things have just, over the last, you know, week and a half, I've noticed that there's just been a, a, a shift in the feeling around this team. I think that coming into the year, I don't, I don't know what the expectation level was for a lot of, and I hate to say casual fans, but that's what I mean. More, more casual fans, people who aren't tuning in night in and night out. And I think the expectations were low. And then the team started playing really well. And the expectations, you know, skyrocketed again. And now it feels like the last two weeks have been, you know, the end of the world for a lot of people. I don't feel the same way. <laughs> I think the Celtics are, I think the Celtics are playing fine. Um, again, tough loss tonight to, to a team that they probably shouldn't have lost to, but that's going to happen. Want to want to remind you guys to call into the betonline.ag call line 3472157771 again that's 3472157771 NFL playoffs we're heading to conference championship weekend basketball's ramping up. Got a couple other sports you can put some bets on. Get the fastest to market odds and updates and payouts with our new sportsbook partner betonline.ag. Head over to betonline.ag today or use your mobile device to join and use promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus. Again, that's betonline.ag, promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus. Your online sportsbook experts. You know, there's so much conversation, and I think we're probably going to you know steer away from this game in particular at this point because I don't have a ton more to say about it. I don't think there was a ton that's, like a window into anything in the future that's, you know, it means more for the team that they played a certain way tonight. I think tonight was just a, you know, it is what it is kind of game. And because I haven't, you know, gotten the chance to, to speak with you a, a ton this year, at this point in the season, Celtics are, I think tonight's game brings them to 27 and 12, coming up on the All-Star break, three players, you know, obviously Grant Williams running this campaign for Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Kemba Walker. <laughs> How are you feeling about the team in general? Not coming off this loss, not coming off of anything, just just where they are as a 27 and 12 basketball team. I mean, I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling great about them. Like I'm I'm enjoying watching them play. You know, I'm I'm enjoying I guess covering them to an extent. You know, this is only my third game that I've done uh, post game four, but 
you know, it, it, it's been like it, when compared to last season, I, you know, like I said, I did realize that that last season did break my brain a little bit where I was kind of, you know, defending people who might not have been a, in a defending oh, defending. or should not have been defended. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'll, I'll, sit, still, I'll sit on I'm these airways for hours. I will go to, no, I will never <laughs> stop. <laughs> no, um, um, but it's like, you know, at this point in the, they've exceeded the expectations that I had set prior to the season. Um, and I'm, I think, like, me personally, I'm doing a better job of managing the expectations for myself to where it's like I'm not adjusting those expectations for the fact that they're playing better. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know if I'm making sense, but it's like they're playing better than I thought they would play. But then also, like, I'm, I'm still not – like, I'm not, you know, making any uh, crazy claims, let's say, you know, just for the fact – just because they're playing better than I thought they would play. Yeah, that, that makes make sense, sense at all. Or? No, it makes perfect sense, and I think it's a good way. It's a it's a good way to get the most out of this season as a fan because, like you mentioned last year, and we we've you know, beaten this into the ground on every episode. And sometimes I I feel you know like I should stop stop talking about last season altogether. But the thing <laughs> is, this team, no matter what, this is always going to be a contrast you know it uh, a contrasting group from last year. Because there is carryover and, and things are so different and you've got interchangeable pieces that were clear replacements for former players and things are obviously working a little bit differently. But I think that's a good point in terms of, you know, keeping the expectations tempered to the point with what you expected coming into the season because I think there's such a – and you pointed out, there's, it's so easy to fall into, okay, Celtics played well the first quarter of the season. They're the number two seed in the East. Philly's not playing well. Obviously, you see the, the, the pieces falling into place to say that the Celtics need its Eastern Conference or bust or, or Eastern Conference finals or bust or, or anything. But I think the team is playing very well right now. Um, you know, playing against Detroit tonight, there's been a ton of trade talk about a guy like Andre Drummond or, you know, obviously the Carl the Anthony Townsend and Steven Adams get mixed in. I said it on last episode, I, I'm never going to turn my nose up at a Carl Anthony Towns, but he's really the only guy that I'm messing stuff up for. You watch a guy like Drummond tonight, 13 rebounds. He's known for his rebounding. Obviously, Scout was pretty tough on him in the first half, and he didn't have a great first half. What do you make of not just the Drummond trade talk? Obviously, I want to know your thoughts on Andre Drummond, but what do you think of the talk of surrounding this team? Because I think that there's been an increase in the, in the type of coverage that's more similar to last year, since the Celtics kind of established that they're a good team, that they're, this is like they're, they're run in the beginning of the year wasn't a fluke, that they are a good team. They're going to be one of the better teams in the East. All the conversations surrounding them now feels more like trying to nitpick, trying to find everything that's wrong. Uh, what do you think of that? What do you think of the trade talks? You know, what do you think of the environment around the team right now? Yeah, I'm, I've, I've never been a um... – like a panic trade sort of guy or a, uh, like someone who, who encourages like in-season moves like this, um, especially this year. Like you're, you have a team that's, that's exceeding expectations. And it's going to come back to this point. Like you have a team that's exceeding expectations, you know, that the, the argument can be made that they're like not in that top tier of contenders yet. Um, and, you know, the argument can be made that they are, um, I still lean towards they're not in that top tier of contenders. So 
you know, m- my thought process is unless there is that move, like you mentioned with Carlin Anthony Towns or something along those lines, unless there is that move that gets you there, it's like not worth it, you know? So, um, it's, it's just tough because like there are people that, you know, that would say like, Oh, you got to make the team better no matter what, which is, which is understandable. Um, and you know, it's, it's obviously a point that, that is definitely valid, but also like, why make a trade when it's not necessary? You know, when you have a team that's exceeding expectations, why ruin the chemistry on the team? Why, why like get rid of a, of a draft pick that could be good? You know, obviously Memphis is playing well this year, so I'm not necessarily talking about that, but you know, it's, it's just like, I don't know. Am I making sense? Like, I feel like I'm kind of going off on some crazy. Tangent. No, it, it makes, <laughs> it makes perfect sense. And it's like the, the, it's the most like human way to approach it is that, there's a clear chemistry there that wasn't there last year and, and to throw a wrench back into everything, whether, whether it it's for the better or for worse, doesn't feel like the right move for a team with two young wings who are making their first all-star push, a, a point guard who is adjusting to winning for the first time and doing it very well. And a guy who who's playing like we saw him play when he was in Utah and Gordon Hayward and Hayward's a big part of why, this trade talk really, really bothers me because not bothers me, but irks me in a way that doesn't, doesn't make sense about, you know, why there's such a huge push or huge desire to, to shake everything up. I mean, Gordon Hayward, and and this is, you know, probably the last point I'll make about tonight's game, but on the night that, that Jason Tatum's out, he goes out there and scores 25 points on 11 of 15 shooting adds in seven rebounds and plays a very solid game. I've, I've commented a lot on how he fits very well into the flow of things in the Celtics offense. He finds a way to get a quiet 20 points, it seems, you know, night in and night out, and, and does it his way. It's a, it's, a, it's a slow burn, and it works, you know, in contrast to the more, you know, in-your-face play of Jalen and Jason and obviously Kemba. But to, to go out and get one of these star centers that everyone is clamoring for the team to go get, there's there's a strong chance that you have to move Hayward because of salary. I mean, Marcus Smart's one of their only mid-level players. Obviously, I'm not too attached to cancer because it's not like he's he's been here forever and there's no you know <laughs> sentimental value. But but he's not he's not a complete zero at this point anymore. I think he's playing well, and he's a he's a five million dollar guy. So you're gonna have to move pieces that have contributed to this improved chemistry that have contributed to this winning to go get one of these centers that. I mean, you don't even know how it's really going to work out. So I think you're right in the sense that, uh, you, you know, you said you're not one for panic trades, and I'm not either. And it seems like with every loss, there, there's, a new, there's a new panic trade, and then there's a new, you know, clamoring for this to happen or that to happen when it's a long season and losses are going to happen. But I'm glad to know that, you know, someone else is on the same train of not wanting to, to shake everything up because – that chemistry is, is hugely important. We saw the lack of on-court and off-court chemistry last year and how it affected the team, and we're seeing how on-court and off-court chemistry, you know, good chemistry is affecting the team this year. So, yeah, you know, I just – you know, it's good to hear that someone else is on the same page because it just didn't make a ton of sense to me. And what also doesn't make a ton of sense to me is how, you know, some of my friends, we, we have, you know, long days of class, and they come home. Our fearless leader, Bob, He's he's one to cook a lot, you know, always wanting to go to the grocery store, get a bunch of new stuff, try a bunch of new recipes. I'm not like that. I want stuff delivered to me. I want it to be easy. I want to come home, have a meal to cook quick. So 
Let's take a second to hear from our friends at HelloFresh. Tonight's episode of the Celtics Post Game Show on CLNS Media is brought to you by HelloFresh. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Get easy seasonal recipes and pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your door. All you have to do is cook and enjoy. For $80 off your first month of HelloFresh, go to HelloFresh.com forward slash CLNS80. And don't forget to enter the promo code CLNS80 at checkout. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit and a sponsor of the CLNS Media Celtics Post Game Show. Again, that's thanks to HelloFresh. And another reminder to call in 347-215-7771, 347-215-7771. Those are at betonline.ag call lines. Go to betonline.ag or download the BetOnline app on your phone. Use promo code CLNS50 for 50% back on your first deposit. 781. What do you have for us tonight? I want you to know that I heard you say just a few minutes ago that you couldn't nag us anymore over the weekend, but I think you underestimate the power of your voice in our head. I really do. I've, I've uh, been listening for about a year, and I just wish to God I found you sooner. I'm sure my life would have been much smoother and easier. I'm calling today because my husband and I are having issues. We have been married. All right. Well, the CLNS Media Celtics postgame show has been the victim of many a scam call this year, and that was yeah, another one. Oh, uh, ma'am, that, that's that's my other show. Uh, if you just stay on the line until uh until ten thirty one, that's that's gonna yeah. be the next hour I do, ma'am. So that'll be uh yeah same, same number. Yeah. Though. Just just call back in. That'll be my next show. Thank you. <laughs> Marriage counseling with Jack Michael seventeen. You heard it here yeah, first. Yeah, I'm uh I'm well educated on the topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, <laughs> nights like tonight, like, it's been a while since I, I did a show when the Celtics lost. You know, just coincidentally, they've, they've played really well when I've been on this year. And Jason Tatum has also played very well. And obviously, I've been, you know, back against the wall defending Tatum against all comers this year. But I just – there's something about this team. And going into a game like tomorrow night, you know, quick look ahead. Obviously, Milwaukee's one of the best teams – in the league, Giannis is doing stuff that doesn't make any sense. Last night, I think he scored 37 points in, in 21 minutes. Yeah, like 20 minutes. It, it just doesn't make any sense. And obviously, the Celtics don't have that guy, and they don't have the, the top-level talent. And I mostly agree that I don't think – it's not that I don't think they're a championship contender because it wouldn't surprise me if they, they play well enough to make it there. I don't think right now I, I you know put any money on them making – the finals are making a push like that, but realistically, what what are your expectations going forward? Um, trade or no trade, you know, shake things up, don't shake things up. Where do you see this team? How do you see them, you know, playing during the second half of the season? Because that's almost more important to me than than any playoff predictions right now, because that is so far off. I think I think we're gonna have we're gonna learn a lot about this team after the All Star break because. Things are a little bit different after the All-Star break. You've, you've played teams a couple times now, especially in the Eastern Conference. Do you think that, you know, Jalen Brown went through a, a rough stretch the last two weeks, plays plays a little bit better tonight, scores 24 points, you know, 12 rebounds, shoots 16, has, has a good game, finishes in minus 12, but in a, in a you know, weird blowout like this, that's going to happen. Do you think that someone like Jalen kind of comes back to where people used to expect him to play? 
or are these guys playing as well as they're going to? In my opinion, I think Jalen and Jason are are what they're going to be. Like this is this is a basement. They're they're going to keep going up from here. I think things will continue to get better. Um, are you in the same boat, or are you kind of you know just just watching games as they go, you know, feeling it out from there? I mean, if I can kind of expand it a bit too, like I, I think that Gordon Hayward has not played as well as as he definitely played, you know, in the very beginning of the season before the hand injury. Um, you know, so there's also that, and it's it's, I mean, it's it's a team thing. Like there have been guys, you know, the last like month and a half or so, there have been guys in and out the door with injuries seemingly every day. Um, so it's just it's just tough to get a rhythm and a rotation going when when that's happening. You know, between, you know, Tice was out for a little bit. You know, obviously Romeo. You know, he's had his ankle problems, and then there's been, you know, Tatum, Gordon Hayward with the with the hand. Marcus Smart was out for a little bit. Kemba was out. Kemba was sick. So it's like, you know, it's it's just kind of hard to get a baseline at the current moment for the team when so many guys have been, you know, kind of shuffling in and out. Um, but I mean, I I think they can. I I definitely do think they can play at another level. I definitely do think that. You know, there's ways that, that they'll play better in the end of the season. I think, you know, whether it be rotation changes or whether it be, you know, actually, no, not trades, not trades. I was going to say a trade. I don't know why I said that. I just went off a whole rant about no trades. But, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's just whether, you know, whether it be rotational changes or whether it be guys getting back up to speed, you know, there's, there's a lot of ways that, that this team can play better. And I think they will in the future. Yeah, and I'd be remiss if you know we didn't spend at least some time speaking more in depth obviously mentioned him a bunch of times tonight but you've been one of the biggest Jalen Brown fans I've ever come across on the internet (laughs) I fancy I fancy myself a big Jalen Brown fan you know obviously honestly since he started playing well and and everyone else started to see what I used to see in him I've almost pulled back a little bit it's like kind of like a, a validation thing almost like all right now now everyone sees it I don't have to I don't have to go so hard anymore like everyone gets it now I mean, you know, we've we've got time. What have you what have you thought of him this year, man? I mean, none of this is like terribly surprising. Nothing that he's doing has surprised me really at all. I've always, you know, believed that once he got more opportunity, he would capitalize and become more consistent. I've got to imagine you feel similarly. Absolutely. I mean, look, the issues that have been issues for his entire career, whether it be the handle that needs to tighten up or whether it needs like his passing that's still at a level that's that's not where it needs to be and his sometimes being lackadaisical off ball defensively and then making gambles on ball defensively that don't pay off those are still obviously there he's hitting more shots and you know there, his handle has tightened up to to an extent to where he can actually like do a series of moves maybe now um that he couldn't have done a year or two ago but I'm now that I've gotten the uh, the token negativity out of the way, I'm I'm loving it. Like it's 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 been great to see him because like obviously you know there there are people who, the past couple of years and even this year and you know I understand their point. I'm not going to hate on them for this. This is not me calling anyone out um, who say you know he's he's a bad NBA player. You know there are obviously players that were selected after him in that draft that you know you could argue were better um, and you can still make those arguments, but. You know, it's 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 just been great to see, like, as someone who has loved him for so long now, it's it, you know him thriving in in kind of the spotlight that he's put on himself and that the team has put on him. Um, so yeah, it's it's been nice. I cannot I cannot lie. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, I've got to imagine, and 
there's just all the little things that we used to see from him. Like none of none of the the moves in his bag surprised me that much. Sometimes when he when he combos some stuff, you know, I still am taken aback a little bit. But none of the none of the moves that we're seeing from him, at least you know when they when they're by themselves, you know, in terms of like the one move to get by a guy, not like he had a couple. I can't remember what game it was, but he had a couple turnarounds a couple games ago that were like, all right, that's un- unreal stuff. But if you really go back yeah. and watch a lot of his stuff. His second year, he became a forty point three point or a forty percent three point shooter. All the all the flat footed, you know, the stationary work in the post where he has that little, you know, rise above the defense and hit that little fallaway jumper. I mean, that stuff has always been there. I just think that it's a. My theory has been that when Kyrie Irving left, Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown are given a lot more responsibility. It's not necessarily more shots, more minutes. Obviously, those things come, but it's just you guys have to do this. They're they're like. The ball is in your hands now. You're not going to get taken out if things go poorly. I railed against Brad Stevens for three years about taking Jalen Brown out when he would make one mistake, and I thought that contributed to a lot of problems with, with you know Brown being inconsistent. But at this point, you know, Jason's Jason. He's going to do what he's going to do. But in terms of Jalen Brown, you can see a different level of confidence, a different level of you know comfort with professional with the NBA game. And I think I think it's only up from here. I mean, there's some people that whether you want to, you know, debate who's going to be better, I don't really think that matters at all as long as they're both on the same team. But I think both of these guys, and especially Jalen, I think they have incredibly high ceilings. And I want I want to get you know your opinion on this. I thought that I thought that both guys play like like Paul George in different ways. There's some comparisons, obviously. Like I've heard that people want to make them, you know, Kawhi and Paul George. But I think that both Tatum and Brown play more like Paul George than any other player. I think Brown plays more like an Indiana Paul George where things are a little bit more rigid still, you know, getting, getting a handle on being a star in the NBA. And then I think, you know, JT is more polished and we, we've known that since the beginning. What do you see any player comps for these guys? Any, any ceiling expectations for, for Jalen and Jason or, or similar to the team? Or are you just along for the ride? I mean, well, I, I'd like to be just along for the ride, but unfortunately, True. you know, it, it's hard True. to not kind of speculate. <laughs> it's hard to not kind of speculate on it as it happens. Um, I I agree with you. Um, the the whole George, the George George comparison, um, where it's like, you know, like you said, Jalen's more of the Indiana guy, where he was kind of just doing what Jalen does, and then Jason's more of that you know, the, the defender and, and the guy that's like, you know, you can count on to get a bucket and the guy that's more of like the prototypical, I guess, superstar. Um, but it's like, I don't know. Uh, I don't like speculating on player ceilings anymore. I don't know why. I've kind of gotten away from it. Um, but 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 I do kind of see ha- a path to where Jason can, can, can kind of become almost like a Paul George um I think he has to I guess tighten ceiling, his handle up still more. The word I'm looking for. I think that's more what I'm looking for. Like, cause ceiling, ceiling doesn't make a ton. Of, like, I, I, I agree with you in terms of speculating about ceiling. I think that's a that was just poor, poor word choice. I mean, I mean what you're 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 getting into. Like, where do you see these guys when they're 27, 28, in their superstars? Like, like that's more what I mean. Not like you know where do they max out, but you know where do you see them? What do you see the progression of these careers being? That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, 
you know, I think both of them still have a long way to go. I think they both, um, I think, but, but on the flip side though, like the fact that they're both wings who can defend multiple positions who have shown, you know, stretches as good defenders um, is very, very encouraging. Um, As far as offensively, I mean, obviously Jason has a more complete offensive game. They both need to tighten up their handles, but I do see a path, you know, obviously to all-star status for Jason Tatum. Um, Obviously Jalen Brown has gotten a lot of all-star votes this year. So I, I, you know, as as much as maybe long-term, I don't see him being like a multiple time every year all-star. I I can't not say he's going to be an all-star this year just because like he has a lot of votes. So it's like, I can't, you know, that would be silly of me to say. Um, But you know, long term, I, I I'm very happy with the picks that that were made. Um, I you know the, the two wings kind of prototype for a team is is a good way to like start off a team. And I'm just you know like you said before, I'm just along for the ride. So <laughs> yeah, no, I mean once once everything happened this off season, especially obviously things happen quickly, but Kyrie leaving that was that was. You know, a lot of people had accepted that beforehand. Al left, and once Al left, my thought was, all right, as long as as long as it's Jason and Jalen for the foreseeable future, I'm fine, because I like yeah. they're they're so talented, and it's just a it's just a dynamic that's incredibly fun to root for, and so I was like, all right, as long as it's those two guys, I, I, I'm fine. Like I want I want them to be the face of this franchise more than anything, and the the little parallel thing they've got working right now where Kemba and Hayward are like, you know, late twenties established all-stars were the best players on teams for, for a long, you know, for, for a substantial amount of time. And then came to Boston later. And then you've got, you know, the, the two young wings who are the homegrown talent and they're, they're, they're just on their way up. So I think that, you know, everything, everything is, has fallen together how it's supposed to be. And, you know, rounding back to to a point we we're talking about earlier, there's there's no part of me that really wants to throw any wrench in what's going on with the Celtics right now. I think that they're playing well. Um, obviously, tonight doesn't on a night where they they go and lose to the Pistons. You know, one sixteen, one hundred three. It sounds strange to you know be saying that I think that things are are going well, and you know they've lost lost a handful of games over the past couple of weeks. Have a tough one tomorrow night against Milwaukee, but that's really how I feel. Even tonight, the second quarter, the first quarter they came out kind of flat, but then then they turn it up for to a stretch where, you know, they're they're hounding every play and the ball's swinging around for Detroit, but they're still you know trapping everything. Trap Drummond finally get the steal on the baseline, push it back up on transition for a Kemba three, stuff like that. Even in losses like tonight, Hayward plays well, other players play well. Like I can take more positives from a night like tonight this season than I would have last season. So that's kind of why I'm. Yeah, probably gonna absolutely. wrap this one up a little short. Um, Jack, <laughs> any any final thoughts about this game? About you know just the Celtics in general. Obviously, haven't gotten a chance to work with you a bunch this year. Good to talk to you. Uh, you know, any last thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I appreciate it. Um, the Pistons shot very well. I'm not, you know, the points were made. We made them without Jason Tatum coming back on defense and what he would do for the defense, what he would do for the offense. End of the day, the Pistons shot very well. Um, you could argue they've hit those shots with or without Jason Tatum. You can argue if you played this game 10 times, they wouldn't hit those shots again. Um, but at the end of the day, you got to score more points than the other team to win. And the Celtics cannot score more points than the other team. Am I disappointed? Yeah. 
Um, are there things that can be learned from the game? Yeah, but but at the end of the day, I, I'm not you know upset or angry uh, about the loss. So I guess that's my yeah. final thoughts. Perfect. Well, we got Celtics Bucks tomorrow night. Joe Choquette, Joel Pavone will handle the post game show. I'm Taylor McLeod. That's Jack Michael. Again, Celtics lose 116-103. This is the CLNS Media Celtics postgame show. Peace. This has been the Celtics postgame show on clnsradio.com. Thanks for listening. The Celtics might not be in action every day, but we are, so stay connected. Follow us on Twitter at CLNS Radio and check out our broadcast schedule for the best weekly sports podcast on the web. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 